0: Hey there, and welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lucas, and I'm a coach who's passionate about working with women who are chronically stressed, continuously feeling unseen, and are playing small in their lives. My intention, my goal is to help women move from just living to thriving in their lives. This podcast is an opportunity to invite you into my world to share my experiences all the while interviewing some pretty inspiring women. My experiences with a health crisis back in 2011 brought me to a place where I was able to completely shift my perception about how I thought life was meant to be and it created opportunities for me to see how I was not showing up in the world and sharing my own gifts. I can't wait for you to dive in, listen, and hopefully find a nugget to inspire you to start your own unraveling and change your life to create a life that you deserve and one that you can't wait to start living. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited for this episode Welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. And today we have like a super special guest. We have Emily Pyatt, and she is a registered psychotherapist. She has opened her very own private practice in Forest, Ontario, which is a small town close to me. She's actually going to be showing up at the Forest Fall Fair on September 23rd to the 25th, which will be her official business launch into the community and surrounding areas. Emily supports clients with their traumas, big and little Ts, we'll dive into that today, processing the memories held within our brains, feelings, and our bodies. Emily's journey into psychotherapy started with her own access to trauma therapy as a child, and last summer, Emily experienced burnout, which set in motion a lifelong journey in burnout recovery, relearning her nervous system, and reconnecting to her inner child. Emily finds joy in helping those in her sessions, introducing them to new ways to understand themselves, including new ways to coping with the ups and downs of life. Welcome, Emily. I'm so happy that you're here. And I would love for you to just start by telling us just sort of, I know I read your bio, but giving us a little bit about you in your own words.
1: Sounds great. So my name is Emily. I am a registered psychotherapist uh, really what that means is that we just go for more in depth into kind of the brain and the processes for change, uh, for growth, for recovery, whatever it might look like for that client. Uh, I did my undergraduate studies in women's studies through Brock University, if anyone knows of St. Catherine's area, Niagara Falls. I was very excited to be able to go on a uh, year-long exchange program where I traveled to Yukon Territory and I got to learn there uh, through there. Now it's called a university, but at the time it was a college. Uh, I got to experience so many things that I don't think I would have ever done here in Ontario. So that is a highlight of my undergraduate studies. When it came to graduating Brock university, I had no idea what I wanted to do, which I know is what a lot of people come to at different ages of their life. So I had to really think about how can I create a space where my passion can come to be. And I was fortunate to find the Yorkville master's program for a master's of counseling psychology. So it was an online program for two years, very self-directed, stressful, not going to lie. At the same time, and this is something I like to tell everyone who goes through any type of studies, is that money, it doesn't grow on trees, unfortunately. I was a supervisor at a fast food restaurant for those two years to pay my way through my studies. So it it was a lot of work. But I was so excited to be able to graduate in December 2018. Uh, since then, I have worked in a lot of different areas of mental health, between like community non-profits to um, businesses, corporations doing employee assistance programs. So that's like on-the-spot mental health support for employees of a company. And then I experienced my own burnout last summer, so I had to take that time and reevaluate what I wanted to do, figure out who I was, my values, my passions again. And that is when I decided to go into private practice. So at that time, my private practice was in London under somebody else's clinic name. And then about six months ago, I decided to embark on the next chapter of my life in my career, which was opening my own practice under my own name here in my community of forest, Lambton County. So that's just a bit about me there. Um, Otherwise, personally, I think it's always something that I like to bring to sessions is a little bit of my personal and personality. I live in Forest. I have a wonderful partner. We are celebrating eight years in November, I think. And we have a dog and a cat, which they are wonderful. They don't really like to cuddle, though. So I find that sometimes with my dog, who's very anxious, a lot of the emotional support is for him and not for me, but that's okay. You know, we, we get what we get.
0: Thank you. I love that. I love that you bring a little personal into it. So I was just, I'm wondering, as I was listening to you, just describing your journey and Talking about that, if you could just ex- sort of tell us a little bit, if you're comfortable, obviously, it's really where your comfort level is, about your burnout experience. Because I've had prior guests on talking about burnout and how, because it is so prevalent in our society, um, and sometimes it, it shows up differently for every human. This is really my, my belief. And because I always say, always, always say to clients, we are radically unique humans. So my story will be very different from somebody else's, how I experience chronic stress and burnout is different. So it's, I always feel like it's good for people who are curious, am I in burnout? Like what's going on um, to hear other stories so that they can realize, normalize it a little bit when it happens, if you're comfortable sharing what that was like for you.
1: Yeah. Um, And it is kind of hard to think about now that I'm in a good headspace because I didn't know I was in burnout until I was there. And for a lot of us, that's how it happens. We just go to push through, push through, we got this, you know, just another day, another year, right? And we think we can handle that on our own. It occurred to me that I was at burnout when I was at a company that didn't want to support me to grow into a new role. I was told from many different companies where I had the same role that the role I had on the 24 seven crisis line was all I was good for. And coming up against that wall each time was very hard. I wasn't sure If it was maybe that I was a new clinician in the field that I believed them, or if it was my own self-doubt that I believed it, but I ended up kind of just sucking it up and doing the job. Then when it came to last summer, there was a lot of things that were happening in my personal life at the time that were quite chaotic. And, of course, the job I was already not happy with. And then it became more intense where I was taking 10 clients a day, 12 clients a day. And the way these companies work, it's about the numbers. It doesn't have to do with the person on the line, uh, staff or the client. So there was a lot of pressure to meet stats. And I didn't feel like that was appropriate for mental health, nor was it healthy for myself or the client. And it was at that point that I noticed that, holy crap, this is not the job for me. Uh, When I kind of came to that realization, that's when some burnout symptoms like depression really hit it. I was dreading going to work every day. I was exhausted, fatigued. My partner can tell you that I was crying pretty much every day, even thinking of going into my job. Uh, I wasn't sleeping, I was drinking a lot, I was smoking a lot. Like, I noticed there's a lot of other habits that came into play that wasn't helping. I went into uh, one of my personal therapy sessions and I was telling her what I was going through and she's like, Emily, this, this is burnout. I was like, no, like, I think it's just compassion fatigue because of all the clients I see in a day. And she goes, no, I need you to hear yourself because what you're describing to me is burnout. And I had to sit with that for a couple weeks because I didn't want to believe it. And it was really difficult shift in mindset for me to think I'm at burnout, but it does not mean that I'm not capable or that I'm not strong and that I'm not good at my job. I was working within a system that was not aligning with my values on what it looks like to provide mental health support. And then my depression was getting worse, which then unfortunately for many of us, we don't like to admit to it, but I experienced some severe suicidal ideation and feelings. And there was one day I had to call my partner because I was like, I can't keep myself safe. That moment was, so terrifying and I'm grateful that I acknowledged it because that really set into motion taking care of myself in a different way and as hard as it's been to find balance and to take care of myself to not look at the dollar signs to pay for my bills I am funny enough I'm grateful that I experienced that early on in my career because in a way I feel like it is going to better prepare me to be in my career for longer and to be a better clinician and also just be a better human.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's so courageous. I want to first just really acknowledge that you shared that with us and how courageous that is um, because that's hard and something that, Popped out at me as you were talking was the idea of I didn't want to believe it, and I think that's such a common thing for for people is I just have to push through this. It's going to get better, uh, and because it's like the thought is if it doesn't, or if I'm admit or own or really acknowledge that I'm in this burnout place, that I'm a failure right? Like our society is so much about the go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. What's the next rung? Where can I push myself? And when we have to acknowledge, I can't do it right now, it brings up a sense of shame, of failure. So it's like layers upon layers of things that come in, um, which create the depression and create the the non-supportive habits that, you know, like come in, right? Like what do we do? Like I'm an emotional eater. So when I'm like, I love, like I'm an emotional eater and I know that. And that's one of my go-tos and it used to be wine when I worked, right? Like it was wine to put me to sleep. So it, I totally can relate to everything you said. Um, And I see like having, like you said, having this experience will make you a better clinician because you'll be able to sort for people and seeing that admitting it or being open to starting to see it isn't about admitting failure and that it isn't failure right and being able to support them through that so that is so beautiful and I listened it's so funny because I've been listening to Gabber Mate he's got a new book out which I need to read I don't know if you follow him or I love him I do
1: it's it's all my audible to, to listen to. <laughs> okay.
0: So you've got it. I have it. I was listening to a podcast where he talked about it and I was like, and he talks about how most people who he, he talks about stress and the immune and how it, people can get sick, like rheumatoid arthritis, all of these things um, if people aren't familiar with him. But he says that many patients that he's worked with say that their experience was a gift because it opened their eyes to live a different way. And So, and I heard you say that, right? Like it really is maybe not for everybody. And I would never, like he said, I would never say that to someone in the midst of it, but for me, upon reflection, it was a gift, right? Just like you see that. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, I I think that when it comes to these things, we, as, as we've talked about, like we live in a culture and society where we shy away from talking about this stuff especially a therapist having it (laughs) and I like to really bring it back to the fact that like I'm still a human and I'm a human doing work with other humans and some pretty intense stuff that gets brought to the table that I'm yeah I have training I have the education and the knowledge and skills but sometimes it going to hit you it's going to hit closer to home and when it comes to the work that I do in the clients I always want to bring back that human connection because I feel like we've lost it
0: yeah yeah I know what you mean um okay I had a thought and of course it's like gone it's like left me. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring into my next question that I have written down here that I was thinking about as I read your bio. So I think sometimes people might not understand the differences between big T and little t trauma. And I'm wondering if you could give us like a little synopsis of the two so that other people might be able to understand. I think trauma is misunderstood. Um, I know I misunderstood trauma for like years. It wasn't until I got into my own therapy that I understood trauma um, better and how I may have experienced trauma. So if you could maybe give a little um, synopsis to our listeners about the difference between big T and little T, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So this is something that I have had many clients come to me. And when I use the word trauma, they look at me and they're like, I'm not comfortable with that. They're like, oh, someone else has had it worse than me. And I have to reframe it a lot of the time because there's a part of me that wants to come out and shake them and be like, yes, you deserve to feel this way. And this is a trauma. But of course, I'm not there to shake my clients, not physically, maybe a little sometimes emotionally to get a different uh, viewpoint. When it comes to big T's, big T's are really large scale events that is out of our control. So it can be something natural disaster. Um, It would be uh, a huge car accident. Things like that um, that are on the grand scheme of things that do impact our life and shakes us to our core. When it comes to little T's, we're thinking of more low scale, not low scale, but on the individual level. So as I would call it, micro, right? You're thinking of relationship wounds. So maybe you lost someone to an illness or to natural causes. Maybe you are estranged with a family member because of abuse that's happened. Uh, Or it can be something as a medical issue that's happening within yourself that is distressing as well as, you know, shakes up your whole world. So when it comes to talking about trauma, everyone has trauma. Unfortunately, that is a part of human life. That's part of the complexity of human nature. We all are going to have trauma. What classifies it as you know big t's or little t's it's definitely the event itself but also how you manage it so as we talked about we're radically different people with different perspectives and experiences so one thing similarly happens to both of us say a car accident for me i might be able to take six months and feel okay for you that might take two weeks. Right? And I think that that is a big thing is that we call it the window of tolerance. So it's kind of like a um, window or a s- section of how much we can handle in a healthy way of stress that gets thrown at us. Right? And everyone's window looks different. I hope that explains big T's and little T's.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. That's great. And it's interesting too. something um, that trauma is also so again, because I just listened to this podcast, and I love Dr. Gabor Mate, but he talked about how trauma can also be what's been withheld from you, like as a child, right? Like it doesn't, it could be if if like some of your basic needs as a child were withheld, that could be trauma. So it doesn't have to be what happens to you could be something that you yeah so I just it's like it's so fascinating and I'm trying to think of maybe because you're a fan of him too how he talks about trauma is not about what happens to you but how it reacts inside of you is that how he says it there's something about how he defines trauma
1: yeah it's more around how the body moves through trauma Uh, because there is a saying that you know. It's in a body meets the score, which I have it here. And I don't remember the author, but it's a very, very big book for therapy. And it talks about trauma living in the body. Right. And that one of the certificates that I just completed is around um, somatic experiencing and trauma, which talks about how trauma is stored within our body but it could also be generational, right? So it could be a chemical level where it's passed down through generations. And then there's different ways that trauma is stored in our brain. So there's like a body memory, there's emotional memory, there's situational and declarative. So I think it's interesting when we talk about it being in the body because it's I find that between um, Gabor Mate and uh, Peter Levine is that they're bringing the awareness back to us, right? Bringing the power back to us instead of us feeling though the power is with our trauma.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just so people, listeners, if you are interested in the book she was referencing, it's Bessel van Vanderkolk. Kolk. He's a doctor. Dr. Vessel van der Kolk. It's an amazing, amazing book. I just read it. I read it this summer. Um, But yeah, it is. And I always tell my clients, right? And I always share our bodies are so amazing and so full of wisdom, but we have become disconnected. So it's about coming back into the body and start listening and, and attuning ourselves to it. And that's where we can find more freedom, I believe, right? is really allowing us to find that access point again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so question, next question. I could talk to you all day about this stuff, right? I love it. I love, I love, I love this stuff. Um, what do you find the biggest struggle is for people right now?
1: Okay, so you had sent me this question ahead of time and I have been thinking about it for days because part of me wants to say like 10 things. The other part of me wants to summarize it to one. But when I think about the clients that are within my practices, one of the biggest things is feeling disconnected, not just Disconnected from the people around us, but disconnected to ourselves. A lot of my clients come in and they don't know how to handle what's happening to them or they don't know how to manage the feelings and it seems big and scary. But the one question that I ask is, What are you feeling? What are the feelings you're feeling? Most people can't tell me, right? So a lot of the work I get to do is guiding them to go deeper into that. But it's also a question I was asked from my therapist this week was where does this show up in your body? Where does this feeling show up in your body? How does it feel in your body? And it was interesting because it's very easy for me to go right to the negatives to know where the negatives show up in my body. Well, I don't want to call them negatives because I firmly believe that there's no good or bad feeling. I think that they're all good and they all provide information. They just, the symptoms of it doesn't feel good. So that's the biggest thing that I'm working on myself is trying to get reconnected with my body, understanding how my body works, but with my feelings. So that's something that, I think is always interesting because it parallels with the work that I do with clients. It's kind of trying to bring them back to knowing what what the feeling is, right? What's the need underneath it, what's not being met. And that's a big thing in therapy, is that the big or the little T's cause it's the things we're not getting out of our relationships. Right? It's that we're feeling neglected, we're feeling rejected, abandoned. And it's really sad to hear these stories from my clients and to see their pain. But it's an interesting theme across humans. Is that, and and I believe Peter Levine said it in one of his talks was that the biggest fear for humans is rejection and um, kind of being excluded. Right. He said a much more profound word but it was a that's a theme that i could see in myself but across everyone that i talk to
0: yeah and it's so interesting like i'm doing a three-day workshop this week online um if anybody's interested in joining i run it every month i am for the year so october november december and the first day what we talk about is the relationship to self and how we hide ourselves And how we hide who we are because of the fear of being rejected by those that we are engaging with by because we fear that we won't fit in if we're not following whatever it is they need us to be so we show up not as our authentic self but as what we think people need us to be right and it and it's so i support people in exploring that right like i don't have all the answers but one time it's like i always look at it as once we become aware of things that's where we have the power to change it but when we're living in this unconscious pattern we can't change it right so it's yeah and and when you're talking about the feelings in the body and I, I know you and I've talked about it like that's the work I do in coaching is like the somatic work of you know like say somebody's trying to achieve a new career goal and they, they're abutting like coming up to a growth edge or fear and so it's like, where do you feel that in the body? And really letting them attune to it and describe it. What color is it? Like, is it pulsing? Is it big? Is it transparent? Is it like heavy? Right. And really kind of guiding them to tune in. Because like you said, people like bypass. They bypass that feeling. They bypass where it shows up. And so it's beautiful. I love, I love that that you're bringing that to work and, and helping those people who are ready to say, like, yeah, I need to reconnect. Right? Even though they might not know it as they walk into your therapy room, but they're like acknowledging that there's some help they need.
1: That it's not easy to get connected with your body. And I find it's a big challenge for myself when I'm given my therapist gives me homework or my supervisor gives me something to try. I'm like, I feel disconnected in that because I. I'm trying to figure out how to connect to my body. And I think we get really in our heads about it, right? We get really up in our brains to try to be logical about this. And feelings are not logical. These are just feelings, right? These are feelings that are coming up and they're trying to tell us something. They're giving us information about something that we need or don't need. And we try to rationalize and make sense of it And I think that that's where I get stuck a lot of the time is that I'm going back to my automatic brain approach.
0: Yeah. And I think that I'm so fortunate for me, like because of I that's totally who I was. God, I can't even think I don't want to date myself, but in my former life, um, but my journey through yoga, right. Especially the quiet yoga, the restorative yoga, that is when i really started to attune to my body like really started to be able to listen and it's just like second nature now as soon as something doesn't feel right like i'm in it like i'm in my body so i'm so grateful that i did that and just a little plug because we're talking about bodies and and tuning in is that i am offering a restorative yoga training in october november two weekends. Um, where we dive deep, like we go right into it, learn how to just slow down, come into the stillness and tune into the body and really tap into understanding the nervous system and the vagus nerve and the psoas muscle, all of the stuff that I love. And um, yeah. So if anybody's interested, I'll put the link in the bio just be, just because it came in. I'm like perfect opportunity to share that I'm going to yeah. be hosting.
1: No, I think, I, I think it's wonderful that you offered that because I don't, feel like we have many spaces where we feel like we can do that or know how to go about it. So not just that you provide this, I'm, I'm guessing you provide the space for it for those weekends or are you doing it virtually?
0: No, I'm doing in, uh, I feel more called to do it in person because of that connection piece. It's such a deep, it's deep work that not that anything's wrong with virtual. I do classes virtually, but this type of work when you're really digging in and learning it, I feel more called to hold people in person, to hold the space for them.
1: Yeah. I and I agree with that. I find virtual, I'm not bagging on it. It's done as great. It works for a lot of people. But I find when we are needing to get reconnected with our body and go deeper in that sense, the human connection in space is really important.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say, what tools do you think somebody could use to support their reconnection or their mental health? Anything that you think that you could offer right now um, just to give them, you know, to play with and to see?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, So some of the things that I have been trying to do is, being in a space of calm. Uh, so I would encourage anyone, everyone to find that space where they feel safe and at peace. Uh, mine is my backyard on my back porch. Um, I have been very intentionally every day spending time out there because that is where I feel the most connected uh in nature i think and firmly believe that that is where we find our truest deepest connection with ourselves so get in nature even if that just means you I, you don't have to go for a run you don't have to do anything too crazy go just sit outside on a park bench uh, that is one thing i think it's been really important and i know it's been drilled into our heads since lockdowns but then i think as soon as lockdowns stopped We all just went back to, or many of us just went back to our regular life that it was before. So incorporating the time to be outside. Uh, Another thing is that I've been using is shaking, right? Shaking out your feelings. So I find I get overstimulated when I've got lots of stuff on my mind. Uh, When you're trying to focus, I do this a lot with my students too. If you try to focus and you're not... You can't concentrate. You can't stay on your ta- on task or your homework or your assignments. Get up and just shake. Shake your whole body, right? And what I tell a lot of my students is that, yeah, it's fun. Just shake it out, right? It's kind of like getting your body out of a slump itself, right? But there's a lot more that goes into it energetically through our nervous system than you really understand. So a lot of the stuff that I've been trying is a lot of the somatic work because if I'm going to be teaching it to my clients, I want to know how it works. So that's been one of them. Um, the other thing that I think is really important that is hard is breathing, right? And we don't think about that because it's an automatic thing we always do, but Paying attention to our breath, especially when we're stressed out or overwhelmed or having an intense emotional reaction. Uh, There is this thing called armoring where it is a a physical response. uh, It's a body response to when we're feeling something. A lot of the time when I'm stressed and overwhelmed, I kind of roll my shoulders in and I hug myself. And that is a way to armor myself from getting hurt so i always tell clients like pay attention to what's happening to your body right if you notice this is happening or you notice you're getting all tense, up shoulders up roll them back right go back to the ne- neutral posture and take some deep breaths and see how you feel
0: yeah i love all of them i love all of them and i love the shaking and i remember learning about that and what my mentor said how think about it in nature so think about when a bunny's being chased, and then it gets safe. What it does is it like shakes it off, and it's done, right? And I remember her telling me that years ago. And when Derek, my husband, had his car accident, um, and he came home, I could see that he was in shock. Like it was a pretty severe accident, and um, he was like walked in the house, and I was like, oh my, like in and, and energetically he was red, like it was just bouncing off of him onto me. And I could tell he was in this huge state of shock. So we threw on his favorite Drake song and I made him dance around the house with me to shake it off. Right. Like just to get him to shake and move the body to move some of that trauma out of him because it was such a big accident. So I love it. Thank you for those tips.
1: I like using the shaking thing. There was one that I tried to do with a client last week and it sounds weird when you say it, but i we got down on all fours, and we were roaring like a lion, and she she was she thought I was nuts, but I was like, no, I was like, I'm telling you now this is not only gonna make you feel like empowered, but it's also the vibration of that sound against our nervous system too, because it's all interconnected and I think it's really interesting hearing and seeing the impact of these in a positive way in sessions. And that also just makes me more of a believer in this approach, right? It's like, uh, it works for me and I see it working for my clients. Why would I not do it?
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so Emily, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out to you? Like, how do you like to...
1: That really depends on your most comfortable way of contacting people. So I do have a website. It's Psychotherapy Services.com. Uh You can learn all about me, the work I do, as well as, you know, book a session if you wanted to. You can always contact me via my phone number, which I can give it to you. Or I think Misty can send it out too with all my information. I have an Instagram and a Facebook account. Uh I don't know the tag names to them off by heart, but it's all connected to my website. <laughs> so feel free yeah have, there's many ways to get a hold of me. Uh I usually find the best way is just giving me a call. Um I think that having that connection there, that first form of connection is really good.
0: Perfect. Amazing. It's been so amazing to have you on. I love it. And so normally I ask a question about something um, silly that you love to do to uplift your energy. But today's a very special day, listeners. It is Emily's birthday. And I really, really want... So this is the day that we're recording, not the day that it'll be released. But I really am so interested in knowing how Emily, because this is what I do with my clients every time I meet with them... How are you gonna celebrate yourself? How are you gonna celebrate yourself today?
1: Well, I hadn't really thought about how to celebrate myself, which is a little sad as it's my birthday. Um, That's a great question. Well, what we did yesterday is we went to bulk barn and uh, we bought some really delicious coffee. So I made myself a great cup of making me crazy coffee. Um, and I think I'm just going to just chill. Uh, I I have work this afternoon. I get to go see my clients. Uh, I've already done my run this morning with the dog. So I I feel productive. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to think about that. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah, it's something to think about. And I think I've been so focused on everything. You get caught up in life and work. So thank you for bringing to my attention that I need to take care of me too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So just wishing you the happiest of birthdays and so grateful that you decided to do this on your birthday. And um, yeah, Yeah, and I can't wait to hear how you celebrate you because I think it's important that we all take time to celebrate ourselves. So thank you so much for joining me. And um, anybody wants to get in touch with Emily, all the details are in the show notes. Have an amazing day emily thank you do you celebrate all the wins in your life no matter how big or small i know i sure do and so in this moment i'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower transform and uplift your life want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast but well, you're going to find those in the episode's description along with a link to join my facebook community supporting resilient women In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.